Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 277, and today's topic is Power Book 4 Force, episode 210, the season finale. The description reads, as the title is Power, Powder, Respect. Tommy orchestrates the grand finale of his long game to take over Chicago's drug world when he is faced with devastating personal sacrifices he finds that he might just lose more than he ever stood to gain so y'all already know how we do we about to get into it we about to break it down dissect it scene by scene like we do over here on this platform and we about to talk about it. We about to talk about it. I might complain a little bit, but it's okay. It was a solid season. But I do have my gripes. <laughs> but shout out to the whole Power Universe, the whole Greenlight Gang, 50 Cent, of course, Courtney Kim, Joseph Sakura, the whole cast and crew did beautifully amazing. Shout, shout out to all of them. Um, but yeah, we about to talk about it. Y'all know how we do over here, especially when it comes to the Power universe and i'm so excited because december 1st raising canaan returns and i will play raising canaan's trailer after uh, i do the recap just one more time so really quick if you need to get in touch with me my facebook is alicia shanice instagram is alicia shanice reviews email is alicia shanice reviews 13 at gmail.com you can inbox dm or email me if you have any special recap requests but that being a television show a movie or a docuseries or even a music album or if you have any businesses or brands or music that you're working on hit me up so i can spread some love your way and shout out your businesses and what you got going on because i love whom loves me and love to spread love back and support y'all um if you listen to the podcast on spotify speaking of support can you please hit the follow button that helps me out in tremendous ways and i am so appreciated if you do that really 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 and while you're on spotify make sure you check out my music playlist for you to vibe to all you have to do is type in shanice loves click on the picture profile it takes you to the rest of them and i have every genre because your girl got some long range music ears so on that note let's jump into the show and let's talk force Hey y'all, it's your girl Shanice and I'm just coming in and check in with y'all to remind y'all to protect y'all energy as I always say. Life is at, you know, we have very different stresses at all time high. Why not go ahead and take you guys a nice vacation at a reasonable price with a trusted travel agent, you know? And that could be a solo trip, a trip with your boo thing, a family trip, a girl's trip, a guy's trip, whatever. Just let me let y'all know this right now. Visit tbookedit, T-B-B-O-O-K-E-D-I-T. Follow them on Instagram, on Instagram, or you can send them an email at tbookedit at gmail.com. 
The world is a beautiful place. Let them go ahead and help you discover it. Go ahead and release those stress vibes and go ahead and enjoy your vacation. At TB Booked It, they got all the reasonable deals. And just let them know, your girl Shanice, she sent you there. She's the one. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one. Didn't get the Tariq and Braden like we expected. Um, I was watching an interview with one of the writers, and they did talk about um, the actress who portrays Blanca Rodriguez. They wanted her to do a crossover to kind of work with Stacy and the, you know, the feds, but it was a scheduling conflict from her filming with uh, book two, so they were unable to do that. So, you know, I hate that we didn't get that crossover, but um, you never know. We might get it in when book two starts back up or when season three returns for force. Now, before we jump into the show, I want to just give a special shout out to, of course, 50 Cent and the whole Power Universe, um, the whole cast and crew, the whole writing team. They did an amazing job. This was an amazing season. But I want to give a special salute to Joseph Sakura. Justin Sakura portrays Tommy. did an amazing job. Amazing job. Um, he's so humble. He did an amazing job. And a special shout out to the uh, actor who plays Jannard, Chris Lofton. I thought he, he, he stood out magnificently. He did an amazing job. Like, he played that role so well in season one. I couldn't stand him. He won me over. I appreciated the actress who portrays Shanti. 
and I Patricia, uh, appreciated Patricia who portray, uh, portrayed um, Kate Egan's character. The emotion she brought out, we had never really seen with her. Um, you know, Kate has always been comic relief. She's always been all over the place, but I really, really just appreciated her. And just shout out to the entire cast and crew. This was an amazing season. It was very different from season one. Even though I enjoyed season one, we still were learning the new characters, learning the new city. Um, but season two stepped it up and you felt more of the Chicago in it. So I really, really did enjoy that. Now, moving forward, <laughs> my opinions reflect on the characters, not the actors and the actor actresses. They did amazing. And they at all of them. I have no complaints. They all acted their asses off. Um, I felt the Chicago as well. Um, so any of my opinions when I talk stuff about the characters, it's just the characters and they're playing their role so much and we're just talking about the characters' actions. So I want to say that before I get started because I am going to be on Tommy a bit. I have unpopular opinions, but it's just about the character. So before this season started, we got the trailer. I'm going to play that so we can talk about what we got from the season and go ahead and recap this this episode will be a little lengthy but we have a two-week hiatus and we have to wait till december 1st for raising canaan to come on and i just want to dissect the episode so we can talk about it thoroughly and talk about the season so this was the trailer they gave out before season two started you ever get tired of being at the bottom of the top what's standing in our way just the biggest connection in Chicago. Chicago's a violent city, feel me? Do you all want it to be the boss? The boss? Right now, we just look down and fight each other while we expand our territory. And then when nobody's looking, we slide right on in. Watch your grip, Wendell. Seize this moment, it'll get us closer to becoming the connect. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to bringing down all these gangs. I want eyes on him. We'll make it very far. We can't keep going to war. What the hell are we gonna do now? We're gonna build a train so big. So that was the trailer premiere before the season started. <clears throat> so this episode opens up with Tommy and Diamond. They're arguing over Vic's snitch ass. And Diamond was going hard, rightfully so, because he said, you know, Tommy was so sure it was Jannard that was, you know, turning informant. He didn't even think about Flynn. And he was right. Every Every step Tommy took, Vic was right there 
getting all the information intel. And not only that, this hurts Diamond more than anything because he's already just got off parole. So if he gets caught back up, he will never see the light of day again. He's going back to prison and the gates are closed. And Tommy is pissed. Tommy is pissed because the whole time he thought it was Jannard. And if he wasn't thinking it was Jannard, he was thinking it was Shanti. And to his surprise, it was good old Flynn Jr. So they agree to play it, you know, go ahead and play the weight game until their spot is secure with Che. And then they will handle Vic personally. Because if Che find out they got an informant, it's a wrap on that whole deal. It's bye-bye for them. So they come into, a, you know, an agreement. So in the next scene at the hospital where Maria's friend, she gives her an envelope that a carrier dropped off with her and Tommy's plane ticket to Barcelona's. And her friend is noticing Maria smiling from ear to ear with all teeth showing because her feelings for Tommy are very, very strong. She goes on, you know, to talk about how she's never felt this way before and he sees her for who she is. So we see in the next scene, Tommy has Vic meet him on the rooftop. And as he's talking to, the, um, to Flynn, He's kind of throwing little subliminals out there, causing causing Flynn to be nervous, you know, look at look all the way around in each corner. And Diamond pops up from the back like Candyman. And him and Tommy throw, you know, the word trust around loosely, making Vic hella nervous. <laughs> Vic was so nervous. It made me nervous for him, even though I shouldn't have been. So... Vic was thinking that they made him out as an informant, but he plays it cool and, you know, he leaves and Tommy declares that, you know, Vic is a dead man walking. So in the next scene, we see it's at the boxing gym. And when showstopper Shanti walks in, Tommy is already in there waiting on her. So she goes the fuck off for him breaking in her spot. And he tells her he's only there for an update on Claudia and the Marquez cartel. Now, one thing about Shanti that I like is that this bitch don't back down. She don't back down from nobody. She is the Chicago version of Jukebox with her mentality. And she tells him, look, I ain't giving you a goddamn thing until you tell me what the next play is. Now, Tommy respects that, pulls her to the side and lets her know, you know, what's what. And it skips to the next scene, and we see it's at the barbershop. And this was actually a brief clip that was released last week that I did play at the end of the podcast, where Diamond is cutting Jannard's hair. <laughs> now, Diamond, he just so happy to have his brother back, rightfully so, rightfully so. But he goes to giving Jannard detail by detail by detail of how they set up the war between Miguel and the Serbs, how they set it up so they could get close to Che and take um, Miguel's spot. And as Diamond is giving him all this information, all I could think while Jannard was just smiling like, for real, for real, man, Miguel gonna fuck y'all ass. <laughs> and he just smiling, he taking it all in. All years, mm. Mm, for real, y'all did that. And all I could think is, Diamond, 
you doof. This is still Jannard. This is still Jannard. He just got back in, bro. You talking a little too much. You giving him play by play by play and the future plays. With Jannard steady throwing jabs in there like, man, but I mean, that's cool and all, but do we really need Tommy? So Jannard still, you know, putting it in diamond ear like, you know, man, you could do our own thing. We don't need Tommy. Now, he also brings up um, the whole situation with Mad Dog because we know that by this time, Mad Dog can't be touched. He, he's King Kilo's um, nephew. They made their whole coalition, their truce. They're making money together, so it's bad for business. And, you know, Diamond has to let him know, like, you know, me and you got in this game at a young age. You know, it, it ain't no... <sighs> It's not an age limit when it comes to street shit. They decided to play a grown man's game. And that's real. You know, it is definitely, that's the way it is. So we get into the next scene. Oh, and before the next scene, by the time Diamond got done with that haircut, Jannard was so happy about that goddamn haircut. He looking in the mirror. He he left looking like he was going to be happy to see Shanti. And, you know, like Shanti going to see me and go, what? And he left with a, you know, a cup full of tea to take her so they could gossip about. So Jannard left happy. He got a clean cut and he had a gossip for his girl. So we get into the next scene. And Vic meets up with Stacy and DeFranco and gives them the info about the so-called supposed meeting that's supposed to take place. Now, he asks them, like, is we done or is we done? And the <laughs> Vic is ready to bounce. He already has a feeling that, you know, Tommy knows he's snitching. But here's the thing about the feds. They going to tell you everything you want to hear. They're going to make it sound sweet. They're going to bribe you. They're going to be like, okay, you just got one more thing to do. And then here go your house on the hill. Here go your new car. Here go your bank account that's full. Here go your new identity, your new social security numbers. But by the time you do that one more thing, then they got another thing. And then after that thing, you're getting your water cut off and you can't enjoy the pleasures that they promised you. So... We see in the next scene. <clears throat> I just feel bad for Vic, for Flynn. I don't know why I feel bad for Vic because he signed up to be an informant, but just his nervousness <laughs> and he's so pitiful. It's just gonna be like by the time it gets to the next season, I think we all gonna be saying it's a goddamn shame what happened to that Flynn family. So we get into the next scene and Vic goes to see Claudia for closure. He tells Claudia everything she wants to hear, that she has the boss that her dad never had and she should have been the one with the business and she is better at this than he ever was. So he tells her everything she always wanted to hear from old man Flynn and gets her emotional and just begs her, pleads with her, just confess. Admit it, you set up to have me killed. So we see a little teardrop drop from Claudia's eye and she confesses. Yes, it was me. 
And Vic then got so goddamn good at telling people what they want to hear and being manipulative, the game he didn't learn from the feds, promising his ass shit that he's never going to get. Claudia confesses not only to <laughs> setting him up, but to a murder she didn't even do. Because we all know Vic Flynn killed his father, not her. So he's so good and manipulative, this bitch then confessed to setting him up and a murder she did not commit. So... He has the recording and he leaves. And he's like, you know what? That's all I needed. Everything's yours. The house, the business, everything. <laughs> so we get into the next scene. And Tommy finds Kate at JP's house. Of course, he goes in there. He gets to talking stuff. They get to arguing. She ends up telling him that DMAC broke out and she knows everything. So he storms off. Now, Miguel is at home. He's still pissed about his grandmother and just everything with Tommy and Tommy related. So when his boy Nunes walks in, they kind of talk about how, you know, grandma never even liked it, Tommy. She never trusted him. And they decide it's time to go. And he puts Nunes on Tommy's head. Now, it cuts over to Marshall's house. And Marshall was walking into his crib. And as soon as he see D-Max still in there playing Fortnite, he gets irritated. He's like, damn, bro, you still, you know, you still here? Your, your pops ain't worked that stuff out with Tommy yet? And when D-Max got to uh, mimicking uh, JP's voice, I bust out laughing because he did it with perfection, sounding just like his dad in his voice. And, um... You know, he goes on a tirade. He gets the fussing just about how Tommy won't let him back in CBI and all he was doing was trying to help him. You know, it gets to doing like a little temper tantrum. D-Mac is still a teenager and I do want to dissect him just a little bit later on in the episode. Um, but Marshall tries to calm him down. He ends up telling him, you know, the game has changed with CBI. is more all about the hustle, the money. And he lets him know what's going on with Diamond and Mad Dog and the killing of Leon and how close Diamond was to him. And he also gives D-Mac happy ass a gun. Now D-Mac runs out the house ready to kill some goddamn body, even though Marshall told him it's a no-no on uh, Mad Dog, but D-Mac like, I ain't CBI though. So he declares that he wants to help D Diamond out. Now in the next scene, we see Claudia, Miss Claudia and Elise, they doing their own thing. And then we go into the next scene. And Tommy and Maria, they're in bed. They're talking about their future. They're talking about Barcelona. She's declaring her love for him. He's declaring how he's happy she picked uh, him over her own family. And as they're in bed, they're talking. And he tells her, like, you know, I travel the world with you, but the streets is embedded in me. They don't always, you know, not say come first, but come first. <laughs> and she, you know, she accepts that. But, you know, somebody gets to knocking on the door. And he goes over there with the pistol. And it's Kate. Kate shows up. Now, Kate shows up being Kate. This is Kate. This is the Kate we know. This is how she shows up. She's extra. But who was extra for me was Maria. Because this is really your first introduction to your new man's mom and i get it kate is kate i get it i get it but maria was a little bit too extra and a little too rude for me i, I kind of didn't like it i could see if you know you're just used to kate and okay you didn't met her a few times and the bitch is rude yeah you do want to have that attitude but to me maria's attitude and cockiness was unwarranted 
in my opinion. So Tommy gets to going off, just being disrespectful as hell. But that didn't shock me because we're going to take a trip back down memory lane. And I want to play this for you guys so we can remember this part of Tommy going off. This is Tommy and Kate. And this is how Kate treats all his women. And I have a point to prove when I say that as an OG power fan. This is how she treats uh, Tommy's women. Case in point. This is when she met Miss Holly. Who the hell is this? Ma, this Holly. He must be Tommy's mother. Hi, I'm Holly, his girlfriend. Is that my mother's ring? Yeah, I bought it out of Hawk. Where you put it? And then I gave it to her. Look, Ma. Holly and I got a lot to do today. As soon as Tasha brings the checks over, I'll bring them by, okay? Don't worry about it. I'm not worried about it because I'm not leaving until I get them. Besides, I want to get to know Haley. Holly. Holly, right. See? We need to get to know each other better. All right, I got one more clip for y'all. That's Kate. Kate is extra. But we see Tommy is going to always cuss out his mom. This is from season three. Would you shut the fuck up and listen to me for a second? I hate the way you shut up. Shut the fuck up, you fucking ditzy bitch. If you don't know nothing about me, you should know this. I ain't never gonna be no fucking snitch. Not for you. Not for nobody. That was Tommy Black talking to good old mom. <laughs> that was just a trip down memory lane. So he goes off on her once again, but he went a little too far because we seen a different Kate this season. We seen her trying to stay clean and she really was. She was trying to make amends. And when he gave her the Coke, which I had been calling it out, I said, Kate is going to have an overdose this se this season. I, I, I could sense it coming. And when he gave her the Coke, I just was like, oh, come on, bro. Come on. But this still your mom. I get she didn't been shitty and everything, but... He gave her the coke and I just, at, at, by that time, I'm like, Tommy, this season, you've been doing, doing just doing a lot, bruh. Getting on my damn nerves a little bit, be honest. <laughs> so we go into the next scene and D-Mac catches a body. He kills Mad Dog. All you hear is, what's up, gang? The gun goes off, pop, pop. And you hear the little photo snap and snap, snap. And he runs off. Broad daylight. Broad daylight in front of everybody. So, of course, somebody's seen his ass. He had his hoodie on, but, hell, this is the hood. Everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. That's Lil D. Mackey from a CBI. You know, even though he ain't with CBI no more, he was affiliated with CBI. D. Mac is a little street dude. He's not a Tariq. And we're going to talk about that. But broad daylight. Broad daylight. And he did a hit that was not supposed to be done. So we get into the next scene. Now, Claudia, Elise, Shanti, they meet up with Merkovich. And, you know, of course, they got to throw a few jabs. And he tells them for the meeting, it got to be at a new place because his spot is getting renovated. We all know it was shot up. And he tells them that, you know, as much as he enjoys their little company, only Claudia will be there. Which was actually a good thing for Shanti that Merkovich did that. 
So we get into the next scene. Now, D-Mac shows up and tells Diamond about the murder game he just put down on uh, Lil' Mad Dog. Diamond was pissed. Diamond was really about to fuck Lil' D-Mac up, to be honest. He went he went for that pistol. He got the him and him up. And I, wanted, I think that's what pushed the next scene with D-Mac for him to go off that way. And we're going to talk about that. But Diamond was pissed. Because that type of play should not be made unless it's approved, especially with them just doing that coalition. As much as uh, Diamond did love Lil Leon, he was mentoring him, he was dating his mom. It was just a play that was not supposed to be made. But again, D-Mac is a kid. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But we go into, it, it skipped to a whole nother scene. And it went to Claudia, Irish, cocky ass showing up with her bodyguards and she shows up on Tommy to tell him that she's untouchable and I'm just like yeah 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 Tommy called uh Shanti a bitch she like no call me queen yeah Tommy don't call Shanti a bitch we weren't feeling it <laughs> but you know Tommy let Claudia know like you know how many Serbs I didn't kill you gotta be lucky every day and she like well Lucky I'm Irish. You know, by that time, you couldn't tell Claudia shit. She thought she was Vic Flynn walking over there like that because it wasn't even no point for her to go over there and tell him, you should have killed me when you had the chance. I'm just like, Claudia, stop. You're the type who don't need power because if she wouldn't have got busted, Claudia was going to be a piece of work because she wants to prove that she can stand with the men. She wants to prove that she can piss standing up. And those type of people, when they get power, they'll do anything to show that they have the power. And they'll do too much where they fuck up their own business. Case in point, we all love Snowfall. Look at Miss Louie. When some people get power, they don't know how to act. And Claudia would have been a bomb. Okay, she would have been a bomb. She would have set shit on fire. She was going to try to be the best impersonation of her father she could be. Now, back to the D-Max situation. Diamond meets up with Janar. And, of course, it was broad daylight. Someone seen D-Max. So, word on the street is that CBI did that. And this right here was so realistic. When Janar said, no, let's just meet with King Kilo and tell him we'll deliver D-Mac dead or alive. Because y'all know what? It really, really, really be like that. These little young dudes be trying to prove themselves and getting in over their heads. And at the end of the day, with the big man, it's always about numbers and business. And they will throw their little ass to the wolves. And we're going on a little two-week break from the power universe because Raising Canaan doesn't come to December 1st. And I have the perfect episode. I'm going to recap from our 90s segment from an episode that premiered in the 90s with a situation just like this. Just like this. Now, Jannard, he gets the okay that you know, he can go ahead and meet with King Kilo because, of course, Diamond can't step foot in a prison. He just got off parole. And um, he's a convict. So, Jannard gets the okay that he can go smooth shit over with King Kilo. And um, they, you know, part ways. Jannard gets in his goddamn old school Buick. And I was just like, damn, bruh, 
you can you can borrow one of Shanti's whips or you know what I'm saying at least purchase you something with the hubcaps on there like I ain't seen one of them Buicks in a long time but them Buicks used to be the shit back in the day that is a classic car them I'm from Michigan so them type of Buicks used to be the shit a couple of my aunties had one of those <laughs> so um we get into the next scene and Vic meets up with Tommy while Stacy and DeFranco is listening on the wire and um Tommy you know by this time you know he knows that Vic is a snitch so he provides him with the fake location um of where the meeting is going to be at now this was a strategic move and this was definitely a James St. Patrick move right here given a fake location where you know the feds is going to show up we've seen ghosts do this in the original power when Angela was following him had you know uh did uh traced his phone and when he was meeting with Lobos and he set up that big fake meeting where Tommy did get arrested at this was definitely a ghost move that Tommy put this was very smart um now DeFranco is listening and he like, hold on, Stacy. He talking about they about to meet on the north side. This makes no sense. Like something is up. We need to we need to fall back and just make sure it, you know, this is this checks out. And Stacy O over Alice, I'ma be mayor next year ass. She wasn't trying to hear it. She's like, no, this is it. This is it. Everybody squad up. So Stacy brought this on herself once again, causing her to lose another agent. Now, by this time, D-Mac is frustrated. D-Mac is frustrated because he's hiding out. He can't go home. Um, he has this new uncle who's calling all the shots. He's with his new dad, who he barely knows. And he just got hemmed up by Diamond. Every move he makes, nobody is happy with it. So he takes all his frustration out on Kate and his father. When he goes home, <laughs> he gets the going off. He calls Kate a bitch tells her to quit talking to him like he's nine years old, tells her he has, she has dementia, he causes that a faggot, he pulls the gun out, professing that he's a gangster and that he just caught a body today. And I'm just like, okay, D-Mac, JP, him his little ass up. But, 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 let's dissect it. D-Mac is a street kid it sounds like his mother wasn't a good mother when we first got introduced to the d matt character he was living on the street he was robbing his dad's bar he was doing shootings he was in cbi he was a street kid he hated his father he wanted his father's love but he didn't know how to go about it he got shot woke up had a new grandma and a house to go to with his father and a new uncle who was ahead of cbi he wasn't going to change overnight he's not Tariq. Tariq, he went to a private school he was privileged he was kept away from this d mac is from chicago he's from chicago not only that his best friend marshall is still in Tommy's CBI. Yes, I said Tommy, because that's what Tommy thinks. That's Tommy's CBI, okay? It's not Diamonds, it's Tommy's. So of course he's pissed. Is D-Mac dumb? Of course. But 
This is what young, dumb kids who've been in gangs and never had a proper upbringing act like. Look at the murder rate in Chicago. This is how they act. So it's true to form. I appreciate it. And I think he's doing a good job portraying the character. He's acting like a dumb kid who hasn't had a proper upbringing and been living on the streets his whole life. And now being told that he has to go to school and do all of this and do all of that. I think it'll be much more character development with his character next season. And I also think with the play that Gennard and Diamond is putting in motion is going to cause a lot of conflict that we see is already brewing with Diamond and Tommy. So after D-Mac's temper tantrum and him professing that he's a gangster and a killer and just caught a body, we go into the next scene. Now, after Vic gets off the phone with Stacy and her fake promises of the world, he goes to talk to Gloria's grave, saying that he did it. He did it all for her. And I'm not sure that she would have approved because she didn't ask Vic ass to do this shit in the first place. But I did agree with him on one thing. He said, I'll see you on the other side. Yes, Vic. You will see Glow much more sooner than you think. Next scene, we see Jannard. He goes to see King Kilo. Of course, it's tension at first. King Kilo is making all type of faces at him like he wants to beat his ass. But Jannard, he still got it. I always like to give credit to Jannard. He has messed up a lot, but Jannard ran CBI for 15 years and he did a damn good job at it. So he does what he does and he does, you know, he talks like a businessman. He tells him that he they gonna, he tells him it was D-Mac, tells him, you know, saying he ain't a CBI, he was kicked out. He makes it all look good and real and smooths everything over and the business continues. And that's going to cause more drama because King Kilo said he getting out soon. So, you know, as much as Tommy go off on D-Mac and as much as Tommy getting on my goddamn nerves right now, Tommy ain't going to let nothing happen to D-Mac. So we get into the next scene. And what do you know? Tommy's Mustang gets shot up again for the 80,000th time. But I don't think nothing was worse as when Ghost shot that motherfucker up after he killed Angela in season five. So it gets, you know, shot up again. And Tommy would have been a dead man if dude Nunes just would have shut the fuck up and emptied the clip. But instead, he got to go walk up to the body, dissect the body, check out each wound. Tommy playing uh, dead. And he end up just... <laughs> he end up killing Nunes' ass, which that's what Nunes got. Nunes earned his death. He earned his death, as the great Courtney Kemp liked to say, because while he up there trying to dissect each bullet wound like he's a doctor, Tommy playing dead and clipped his ass. So we get into the next scene, and we see the squad rolls up, and the raid starts. And Stacy was just too happy when the raid started. She like, she's smiling, got her little wig all crooked and stuff. She like, put, put on the big screen, put on the big screen so we can see everything. Now, the feds really did a good job. They got Marquez, they got Claudia, and they got Murkovich limping on out of there while he was getting arrested. And it was a good thing Shanti wasn't there at that meeting. But they did lose an officer who was a very close friend of DeFranco, and he was upset. It was a good, good, good bust. They got a Serbs multiple Serbs, they got a cartel, and they got a Flynn. Claudia is still a Flynn. That was an organization, you know, so it was a good bust, 
but that's not good enough for Stacy. She wants Egan. And I understand why she wants Egan. It's not that, she, you know, I think hers is more career driven. She, if she closes this case and busts Egan, it's going to make her look like the Chicago U.S. attorney who did what the New York U.S. attorneys couldn't do. Tommy made them look like a fool multiple times when Angela lost that case and then he faked his death. So if she does bust him, that's a career. That's a career for her. Vote for Stacey Mayer. So we get into the next scene. And by this time, Tommy and Vic are in the car. Vic becomes so paranoid that he tells him that it was Claudia who killed Lillian. <laughs> and then it cuts directly to Tommy and Diamond meeting up with Che. When they show him the footage of the raid, um, you know, Che is pissed at first, but then he decides, you know what? All right, I see y'all. I see where y'all coming from. I see what y'all bringing in. So he tells them like, no, nah, y'all not going to get everything y'all want. Miguel still keeps his Estrada's pipeline, but y'all get to move weight and do y'all are over with the soul, the Serbs old turf, which was, a, you know, that's still a good deal, you know? And then <clears throat> this is where Tommy had me fucked up at. He had Jannard fucked up at, and I think he had Diamond fucked up at because I don't think Diamond liked this. After, you know, they little truce and, you know, they promotion, he feeling him so much. I think he thought Jannard was the help. He said, Jannard, fix Che a drink. <laughs> I said, what? You fix <laughs> I don't think Diamond liked it that. I don't think Jannard liked it that. And I know for damn sure I ain't like that. So we going to the next scene. And Shay ends up calling a meeting with Miguel to smooth things over, to let him know how everything will be moving forward. And we get the little fake truce with Tommy and Miguel. They shake on it, but they're, you know, me mugging each other in the eyes and letting them know it's a truce, but it ain't no truce. Now, Stacy and DeFranco get into it because of her selfish ass. She takes no accountability that this is her fault. And, you know, she's so selfish and just ungrateful and just, <sighs> DeFranco throws a book. And all I could think was, DeFranco, you should have threw that goddamn lamp behind you at her ass the way, because she was just so, she had no empathy for him losing a friend, a fellow officer. And he tried to warn her. He tried to warn her that this did not look right. And Stacy has been in the office. She's been, you know, doing stuff like that. DeFranco is a detective that's been on the streets. You should have listened to your husband. So we get into the next scene. And Claudia, Claudia, she finally gets what's coming to her. She calls Shanti for help. Shanti like, mm-hmm. I told you I know a winner when I see one. Tommy gets on the phone. All he can say is, I got a gift for you for Liliana. And that was my personal gift for Liliana and Doc. Because I liked, y'all remember Doc with the Dahlia? I liked it, Doc. Claudia killed her for no damn reason. So I didn't feel sorry for um for Claudia when a homegirl came and stabbed her ass while you heard. Was, oh. <laughs> I sorry for Claudia. I didn't. I thought she should have suffered more. But I don't think Claudia's dead. I don't think she did. 
I don't think she did. I think we will see Claudia, good old Claudia, season three. So Tommy tells Shanti they still need to act like they arch enemies just for a little bit, you know, longer because he has one more play she has to do. But they didn't go into, you know, detail. We don't know what that play is. Now we go into the next scene and Tommy goes over to JP's house. And when he walks in, he finds Kate on the floor and she's, you know, had an overdose because she's took all that coke. Not only that, remember Kate has been sober. You know, she hasn't been like she was in New York. So, you know, she did all that coke. She, she overdosed. And I think this is when I just had it with Tommy. He was going to let her die. I don't think he choked. I don't think he froze. I think he was, his initial reaction was ma and was going to help her up. But then he he stand he stood there. He thought about everything that she's done, the type of mother she's been, and it was just like you know what this solves my problem. But it was heartless, and I didn't like it. That's still your mama. I ain't like it. I ain't like it. JP came down. Of course, he gets to giving her CPR. He gets to going into panic, and then you know it cuts to the next scene. Now, in the next scene, it was comic relief for me because we see Bonnie and Clyde. They go get the Lambo truck back, and then they kill a serve together. And I'm just like, you know what, Shanti and Jannar? As y'all should. I like Shanti and Jannar. I like them. <laughs> I can't wait to see what they up to in season three because them two together and Shanti and listen, I like them together. So it cuts to the hospital scene and Tommy goes to the hospital and he's walking to Kate's room, but he runs into Maria's friend. He tells her like, you know, have Maria come down and she lets him know that Maria didn't make it to work. So he goes to leave her a voicemail, but you know, cause her phone is going straight to voicemail. And I knew I'm like, something must've happened to Maria. She ain't come to work. Remember when she left Tommy crib earlier after she was snapping off at Kate talking about, I'm about that life. I was raised in that life. But what happened? Why you ain't at work? <laughs> so he knows something is up, but he don't really panic too much. And he goes into the hospital room where his mom is at. And JP cuts Tommy off. He gives him back the keys to the bar. He lets him know, like, you know what? You're not my brother no more. And could you blame him? Even though he didn't grow up with Kate, that's still his mama. He trying to, you know, start a relationship with her. That was a heartless move with Tommy. No matter how bad of a mom she is, just cut her off. You ain't got to give her drugs to overdose. You ain't got to sit there and watch her die out. Like, just if she's that bad, just cut her off. Just cut her off. So we get into the next scene. And we got the CBI crew. They at the bar. They celebrating. But we're starting to see, at this point, tensions rise between Diamond and Tommy. Because Diamond, for number one, Jannard has been in his ear. But for number two... He's starting to realize on his own, Tommy, you you doing too much. You making too many solo moves. You tell me we going to do something and then you do a whole nother game changer and you letting this nigga Vic live. Not only that, it's like you always got to be a step ahead. So Diamond is really starting to, to see all of this. And Tommy's ego is so big. He gets to going on about, I just made the biggest deal in CBI history. I did this. I did this. I did that. So we definitely going to see a lot of tension between these two in the next season. For number one, Tommy has kept multiple important secrets from Diamond that has caused, that's 
causing turmoil because he kept the relationship a secret about Maria, which is going to bring issues with Miguel. He kept DMAC that secret away from Diamond, and we see what DMAC just did. He was ready to kill Jannard multiple times, which was kind of warranted because how many times did Jannard try to kill um, Tommy? But that's still Diamond's brother, you know? So um, I see with Tommy's ego, it's just going to be turmoil. Now, we see that Vic is still alive, and that was one of the arguments that they were having, and he's being held. <laughs> He being held hostage in the dark some goddamn where with Stacy calling him left to right. But after he talks to Stacy, he tells her, like, something is up. I've been made. So that's all she needed to hear. She gears up the team and they head out for the rescue of Vic Flynn. Now we get into the next scene and we got Bonnie and Clyde. They stepped the game up. They stepped the game up. All that true stuff Shanti was talking about with Tommy. They still sent that goddamn picture to Miguel when photographer Jannard was snapping them pictures all cheesing and giggly in the car of Tommy and Maria kissing. And that leads us to the last scene. Tommy sitting in the bar having him a little drink. Got that old school blues playing in the background. Phone gets to ring and he get all happy. Hey, babe. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's not Bay on the phone. It's Miguel. With the last laugh. He's sitting there with his little beater on. Burning up the plane tickets. Talking about, you'll never talk to Maria again. He didn't got his last diabetic shot from Maria and sent her off somewhere. Because I don't think he killed her. I don't think he killed her. But all you hear from Egan is, <laughs> man, this episode was solid. It was solid. And it was a very, very good season. It was a very, very good season. Um, if characters don't get on your nerves, that means they didn't do a good job. Um, you know, as much as Claudia's character got on my nerves, the actress did a magnificent job. As much as Tommy got on my nerves, I've always loved Joseph Sakura and his portrayal of Tommy. In the original Power, he was my favorite. So when they don't get on your nerves or get under your skin, that means that they're not doing a good job. And I had to come down on Tommy a little bit, but y'all know I love the hell out of Snowfall. Franklin was one of my favorites. If I had to come down on Franklin, I'm coming down on Tommy. But as far as the cast and crew, shout out to you. Magnificent season, magnificent writing. You guys did an amazing job, and I can't wait for season three. I hope you guys have enjoyed all of my recaps for these 10 weeks. I've enjoyed doing them. Our, a few times I had to come on sick. I was recovering from a cold, but we made it, and we have completely reviewed season three. So please don't go anywhere. You know, I have my sleeper and my Joe Budden style. Shout out to the pop father, Joey, who been going through some things, but he still brings that A1 content and we're going to put some respect on his name. And not only that, y'all know I'm always shouting out Free Simon, aka Suge Knight. He has a new podcast. It's very, very interesting. Check that out. It's on all streaming platforms and on YouTube where he's doing a podcast um, from his, you know, prison calls with Dave Mays, who used to be a part of the source. It used to be not a part, but own half of the source with Benzino. And um, 
So, and then make sure you guys are checking out my uh, Surviving El Chapo recaps. But we have two weeks off from power. I'm going to do some more 90 segments. Um, also, I want to play the trailer one more time because y'all know I'm super, super excited about Raising Canaan. Let's just play it one more time. It's only one minute. So we can just um, talk about that and, you know, get more hyped up about that because y'all know I'm real animated when it comes to... Um, to uh, Raisin Canyon. I love me some rock. You on? Everything gonna be different. So you thinking me and you good now? Like I said, Canaan, we got a lot to talk about. I don't take nothing from her no more. Trying to make my own money. Give her one more shot to make it right between y'all. Hell no. Mouty. Everybody got their hustle. Just gotta find ours. Salsa, it's real dangerous right now, King. You working for me? I work for me. That's what you don't understand. This ain't about what you did. It's about who you are. I need somebody I can count on. Thing is. I shoot my way out of problems no more. I disagree. Guys, it's the level of the street corner. Pull on the check out the pressure. He's got me under pressure. Are you gonna get older? You gonna understand why I did what I did. I'm never gonna understand nothing. I'm damn sure I'm never gonna understand you. Business is going. Changing game. I used to wake up every morning, see my team on the block. And keep it different from playing and have this wonderful cut. Done. Out of business. You don't decide. Wrong time. Get to the project. Some days, one month. So I'm getting born to be doctors, lawyers, ball players. I'm here to move weight. It's what I do. It's who I am. December first, y'all. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. All right, y'all. So let's play some Fifty for the sleeper. Let's 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 support Fifth. Y'all know I love me some Fifty Cent. I support everything 50 Cent. I am an honorary member. I've made myself an honorary member of the Green Light Gang. So shout out to my boy. Let's play some old school 50. Yeah. It's 50. One shot, one kill. What's the deal? Yeah, what's the deal? Listen, little homie, when it rains, it pours. Hollow tips and talents, when it rains, it pours. Be caught in low showers, just because. Niggas ain't playing, when it rains, it pours. Niggas get set up, it's when it rains, it pours. End up wet up, it's when it rains, it pours. It usually goes down over money and hours. Little homie, in my hood, when it rains, it pours. Ain't nothing changed, niggas doing the same old shit. The new hollow tips and them same old clips. And the projects niggas fuck with the same old tricks. And somehow they still did their game so sick. Up from the rip. Niggas know I'm about my grip. I don't trick, man. I barely even feed a bitch. She say I'm stingy. I say I don't need you, bitch. Go ahead and leave. See if I cheat. Shit. Tell your mammy, I catch you in the street, I'ma get her. She know I'm on the road. Why she call police on a nigga? She just mad. Cause a nigga pockets all spoiled. When she asked to borrow something, 
I said, hell no, nah. I was telling the little homies all about this shit. So keep your mind on your money and don't trust no bitch. Kiki hit high notes when the pigs came. But I ass kind of fat, so niggas treated the same. This is real, little homie. When it rains, it pours. Hollow tips and talents. When it rains, it pours. He caught in the showers. Just because niggas ain't playing. When it rains, it pours. Niggas get set up. So when it rains, it pours. End up wet up. So when it rains, it pours. It usually goes down over money and hoes. Little homie. Conversation and said it to Dre. I said, Don't ever go over or be past playing in conversation because it'll hurt you. You know the laws of power, you know. All right, y'all. Shout out to 50 Cent. When I went to his concert, um, a few that was what in September, I think I went there, September, end of August. Yeah, end of August. Man, they put on a hell of a show. That green light tour was amazing. Well, thank you for your support. I love you guys dearly. Please hit me up, even if it's just to say what's up. If you have anything that you're working on or you have a recap request, let me know. I'm always here, even if it's just to say what's up. I appreciate you guys' support. I really, 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 really do. If you listen on Spotify, can you help your girl out and hit the follow button? That helps me out so much. <laughs> But um, I do hope you guys have a beautiful and safe week. It's the weekend. So if you get out, please enjoy yourself, but be safe. Have fun. The sky is the limit. Protect your energy. Stay away from anybody who is an enemy to your energy. Stay prayed up. Eat right. Get your exercise on. Even if you don't like to exercise, go for a nice walk. Keep yourself together and know that if you have a dream, it's never too late. Don't let anybody tell you it's too late. You go after what you want. And you got this. You got this. So sending love and high vibrations you guys' way. And just thanking you for all that you do. It's your girl Shanice. And I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl Shanice.